Welcome back. I'm Kim Bailey. She's Brianna Osborne. This is Inside Exec. Today we're going to talk about an article that was in the newspaper recently about a school principal, a high school principal, who waited 17 years, and I want to use waited in inverted commas, for whom it took 17 years before he actually got promoted into the principal. 14 years, I'm being corrected. <laughs> he's, been, he's been a headmaster for 17. Been a headmaster for 17 years. Took mm-hmm. him 14 years yeah. to be promoted or selected mm-hmm. into that role in the public school system, let me say, and public school in terms of government-sponsored education rather than private schools is how we approach mm-hmm. it in this country. I know it's different in other countries. It's the other way around. The story is about this fellow and about his journey through life and he is related to a very well-known journalist in this country, and so there were comments from from his brother as well about their upbringing and, and the view of one journalist mm-hmm. to another who was writing the story about this particular man. But what intrigued us both in reading this article were the commitment that this fellow had to his career regardless of how long long it took for him to reach the, the stage that he's at, and that when he got to that stage, his utter, complete commitment was to the school where he was and to making that an environment for developing kids that he really wanted to have as part of his legacy of, of being an educator in this country. One of the things that he talked about in the article is that, that he asks, when he sees the, the kids in the morning, when he interacts with them, he asks them four questions, and it's always the same four questions and has been for all of those years, and I love these questions, and that was the thing that resonated with me in the article, was that these questions, and I think that we could use them in our organisations all of the time, and the four questions are, what did you have for breakfast? What time did you go to sleep last night? What exercise are you going to do this week? Ha! <laughs> Plus last week, I don't know, what exercise are you going to do this week? Uh, and what are you reading for pleasure at the moment? Now, I think they're four very interesting questions and they will tell you a lot about people and about their patterns and about the, their work-life balance, all of the things that we've talked about in the past and we'll continue to talk about, I'm sure. But the idea of the breakfast question, first of all, is one that... I started to think about it as soon as I read it because I know that in my early working career, so let's say early 20s to mid-30s, when it was starting out on the corporate ladder and establishing yourself in a role and establishing the career path that you're going to take as well as for me, that was a time where marriage came and family came as well. And so juggling all of those things, work side of things, seemed to take more precedence as against personal stuff. So, you know, family was obviously important as well. But I can remember a time where I didn't have breakfast and it was almost like a badge of honour. Mm. Oh, no, I haven't had any breakfast this morning. No time for breakfast. Oh, no, I don't have breakfast. Oh, I don't do breakfast you know, because you know, I'm yeah. focused on work. I'm doing this. I've got to travel. You know, I've always travelled for work. So it was always about, oh, no, I can't have breakfast because I have to travel. And I find myself, 40 years later, still doing the same thing sometimes. So this morning, I haven't had breakfast this morning. I know, very bad. And it's not because I couldn't get up and I couldn't have it. But, you know, I, I tell myself this thing of I don't like to travel if I've just eaten. 
Mm. And that's true to a certain extent. I don't like to try to... She's laughing. She, she'll, she'll, laugh at, she'll laugh herself under the table. <laughs> but I'll be the same if I'm driving. So today was the train ride. But if I'm driving any mm. distance, I won't eat before I get in the car to drive. Mm. But when I have my, my two-hour break, then I'll have something then. And it's a stupid thing to do. Mm. You know, really, there are so many choices you can make about what yeah. you put into your body. It doesn't have to be breakfast in inverted commas I don't have to go out yeah. and make the rolled oats and yeah. add the walnuts and all the other things that go with it you know I could just have a drinkable yogurt and then I've had breakfast for some reason that hangs over into these things she's just having the best time you should see the laughter in this room at the moment <laughs> I'm so I know I, I will never live it down when I look at those questions I haven't had breakfast this morning yeah. so that will make me a little bit less on the ball than I mm. should be because obviously my body's not got the fuel it needs to start up the day, so it's the wrong thing to do for a whole host of reasons that we yeah. won't go into now. What time did I go to sleep last night? I actually went to sleep earlier than I normally would because I knew I'd be up and about early, and I was up early yesterday morning for some other stuff as well. So I went to sleep at about 11-ish, and I was up at 5.30. So you know, reasonable mm. amount mm. of sleep. What am I going to do for exercise this week? Well, because I was running late this morning because I missed the first train that I was going to get, (laughs) I had to walk up a hill to get here to where we're recording. So that's going to be my quota. I'll put my hand up now and say I've done what I'm going to do for exercise this week. No, actually, I I don't plan it as much as I used to. But when I was going to the gym really religiously every other day, uh, then I knew exactly what I was planning to do for exercise because I had a routine that I did some days aerobic, some days just the uh, resistance training. But these days, I probably look at it in a, in a broader sense. I probably would think about in a week, yes, there's, I should get some exercise. So I'll, mostly it has to do with walking. So I'll park mm. further away mm. from where I'm going. So I've got a bit of a walk or I'll walk uphill or I'll walk a different way to where I'm going or I'll get out into the, the farm and, and do some gardening or some other farm work and, and count that as my exercise for the week. But, you know, there again, just four questions. Two of them mm. I'm already failing on because I'm not concentrating on those things. And the last thing about what are you reading for pleasure, mm. I can actually honestly put up my hand and say that I always have something on the go that I'm reading for pleasure. And I set myself a target two years ago now, it's taken me two years, to read all of the works of Robert Louis Stevenson and I have them on the Kindle and so I'm about I think I'm 65% through so I've probably still got another 12 months to go before I'll finish them all but it's been a real target and a real joy for me to read that whole such a different range of things that he wrote on and the opinions he had and the views he expressed and the way he expressed them so I always have that but as you know from other podcasts I really struggle with non-pleasure reading Mm. So I had did the challenge earlier in the year where I had to read half an hour a day of something that was non-fiction and I, I struggled and I said it to you all that I struggled to find something mm-hmm. that was going to compel me to do that half hour reading every day. But it did set me on a path of, of reading that stuff, although I haven't read any for a little bit of time. She's getting anxious now, I'd better let her say something. <laughs> but, but in terms of those four questions, I just thought that they were excellent questions for us to look at ourselves and to look at our workforce. And when she's had a chance to express herself, I'm actually going to pursue that 
and look at how that relates to how you feel about people when you ask those questions. You may speak. <laughs> oh my God, eight and a half minutes. <laughs> yes, it's a monologue. <laughs> I think those questions are absolutely very relevant. You're right, very relevant to work. And you think about it. In this article, he gives an example of a, a one of the students, um, high school student, who got himself into trouble and went to the headmaster's office. Detention, and, it's called. Oh, I care that one. Okay. And and he, as, if she, as if she didn't. I, I've know. never, I've never had to go there. Never, anyway, no, never had to go to detention. I lie, I lie. Often had to go to the principal's <laughs> office. And he asked him those questions, and I think the the points are very valid. Is that if you don't have breakfast, if you're not sleeping enough, if you're not looking at things outside your own work environment, at work. You might be that particular day a bit more snappy. You might be less tolerant of things that you normally mm. would tolerate better. Your productivity might be waning. So these are very, very good advice and questions to ask yourself regularly when you see yourself not being yourself. Is Why is that? Am I doing those things? Which is really good. But on the career side, I think in this article, which I recommend you read, it talked about right from the beginning he had this, not vision, but he wanted to be in education. He wanted to be an educator. So much so that even at a very young age he wrote down, if I was running this school, who will I hire out of those people I'm observing? So that's good. So in, in this sense he worked towards... Despite obstacles, he had two accidents in his life, that injuries in his life that you know, other people used as an excuse, he didn't. Now, we're not saying everybody has to wait 14 years for the job. If it's a passion, he stayed in his passion area. Mm. So he stayed in education. He was a teacher. He wanted to be a principal so he could do more for the kids. He particularly wanted to help people in need kids. So, And he's passionate about that. I guess it's that deep-seated desire that you have for yourself of whatever it is, you keep it, and despite all the obstacles and that, you continue with it, and it pays off in the end. Mm. If you're doing it just for the career, then of course you can move around to get to the top, if that's what your aim is. But the, the thing that um, also is very impressive is the results. Yeah. The results speak for themselves both at school level, the kids, and then how much satisfaction he would have in his mind, Not in, he didn't do it for that purpose, for the sound of him, but of having left so much behind through other people. Yeah. It's about finding your why. Yes. Because this, in all of that discussion, here is a man who, at a very early age, knew what his why was. His why mm. was to be, yeah. was the educator side of things. Not to be the school principal, not to be the deputy principal, not to be a teacher, but to be an educator. Yes. And that was his why. And that, and that hasn't changed, and that's been his focus. So if you're in the corporate world and you're looking at moving up the, the ladder, what's your why? Yeah. Not it, Being the CEO is not a why. It's a much deeper and a much more fulfilling activity that you need to find and you need to find out what your why is and you need to be true to that because when you move away from what your why is, you lose satisfaction. You might move up the ladder, but you certainly Mm. lose satisfaction about what you're doing and how you're doing it. And I can say that with experience because 
for many years, as you know. I moved around in the corporate world both um, as a, a paid employee and as a consultant. And I thought that that was my... Well, I didn't really think about it. I just thought that was what you did <laughs> with your career. I hadn't identified my why. And I probably didn't really identify my why. I had an inkling of it uh, in, in a couple of the roles that I had in the government sector. But I didn't really identify it until very much later when I looked at what is it that I really enjoy doing? What is it that I want to do? You know, and, and you'll see from the website that I talk about my why. And my why is about bringing out the best in people, making people feel that they can do things better than they thought they could. And how that happens, you know, that, that doesn't have a phrase that covers it. I'm not an educator in that sense. Because sometimes they know what they need to do, so I'm not teaching them anything. You know, and I'm not a facilitator because it's not always about the things that they've got. Sometimes they do need to learn other stuff. It's about people, so my why is about people. And I was always trying to fit into, the, you know, it was the square peg in the round hole, always trying to fit into a, a, a corporate or an organisational format that wanted me to do things in this certain way because that was what the organisation needed, not what the people needed. And my why is about people. So I needed to find an environment where my why, whatever we call it, could be utilised and people would, would find it, would, would know that they needed it, would be able to use it. And so it isn't in one industry. Mm-hmm. So what I find now is that, yeah. that my why covers all sorts of industries and all sorts of people. Yeah, I, I couldn't identify and say, this is the this kind of person that I can help. Because when I look at the people, they're all different and they're all doing things for different reasons. They all have different whys. Yeah. But, but my why helps them achieve their whys. Yeah. So I, I, it comes back to the why thing. And we do have a podcast, which I'll put at the bottom of, of this listing yeah. so that you can go back and you can see the Simon Sinek video and you can work out from him what your why is. Because I do think it's a very revealing exercise mm. to know it and to understand it and to yeah. start to think about it in terms of what you're doing with your mm. career and where you're going. We better get back to the article. Yeah. <laughs> no, but but I think it's it's relevant. It's the the whole idea of this article, apart from the like what a great guy, is is the learning and mm. this is the learning. Mm. And sometimes he knew that at a very young age or very early in career yeah. that that's what he wanted to do. But a lot of us don't. And you do change with time as well. So your why mm-hmm. will change. So you might start it that way. In this case, he didn't. Is all the way mm-hmm. through. I know people like that in, in business sense who knew which aspect of corporate they want to be in. And they're still in there and their career has been exactly as they envisaged and hoped and they were true to it. For some of us, it's what am I doing? What do I like about what I'm doing? What I've learned? And then keep evolving or then changing. So whatever you're doing, you're only going to be working for majority of your life. (laughs) So you want it to be an enjoyment as well as the satisfaction factor is to me mm. is the most important. Mm. Of course, the money is as you're going through life because you need to pay for things. But the satisfaction, and if you keep reviewing that, you can pursue it and do it. And he has proven that. He has proven mm. that with very, very good results. And that probably leads on to the other thing that I noted about that 
So those four questions gave you some insight into that person that you were interacting with. My reaction was, do we do this with our work colleagues and our team members? Do we do it with our families? Because what happened within the article when the, the journalist was talking to others, the, the, the views of others mm. were reflecting that underlying care and concern and, and education in a certain way that this mm. fellow was shown by asking those four questions. So yeah. that what had, had happened was that it elicited this sense of pride mm. that these other people were expressing about the subject of the, the article yeah. and saying what they were most proud of in this person were things that he probably wouldn't have identified no. himself. And so then I started to think about, well, with the people that I work with or my family members, you know, if I thought mm. about... What am I proud of within that framework? And I thought about a few people and I thought, well, the one I probably can talk about most comfortably, because I know he'll never listen to it, is my brother. (laughs) (laughs) What am I most proud of Mm. in terms of of him? Mm. He's done a whole host of things in his life. Um, He's been a a snow ski instructor. He's been a snow maker. (laughs) For the first 10 years of his life after he left school, he didn't see summer. He worked winter here and winter in the US for the ski seasons. But that not the sum of him. Always been very active, loves his cycling, still does his cycling despite knee reconstructions and all those sorts of things. He currently runs some goats on the farm and he makes chilli sauce which he sells at the markets and he works part-time at Bunnings. Give Bunnings a plug. <laughs> Yeah, so, so if I look at him and I think, what am I, bottom line, what am I most proud of, is that he will do whatever it takes. He was a single parent. He brought up three kids on his own in a country town and had to work all hours to try and bring them up on his own. He was a long way from any sort of family, five hours from any sort of family support. So I guess in looking at those questions and thinking about his life, what am I most proud of, or what 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 do I react to in, when I think about him? Is that that he was so very versatile and adaptable, mm. and he's prepared to try anything, give yeah. anything a go, and if it doesn't work, well, I'll move on to the next thing. You know, nothing mm. stops him, mm. and he throws himself wholeheartedly into everything that he does. So yeah. he, he's known as the old man at Bunnings because yeah. he's <laughs> a lot older than many of the staff but he never stops he runs the whole yeah. time and, and they then you, you go and they'll say oh yeah he just he never stops you know he's yeah. always there and the customers love him because he's prepared to share his knowledge and mm. knows where things are and or will suggest things that they can do so it's about and his why mm. if I look at his why is about just enjoying life just mm. just being a part of whatever he, he's doing at the time yeah he wouldn't have fallen into the the standard mould of looking mm. at a career and working his way up and doing this and doing that. You know, he tried, and that was mm. what the ski industry was about, was trying, you know, finding a place in that. He was the first Australian to do a professional ski hill management, it's called, course in the US, and they were quite fascinated by this. And so there was a career path for mm. him to do that, to combine the love of skiing with, with um, yeah. you know, resort management, I guess is the best way to put it. But it wasn't for him. Mm. and he recognised that early, so he mm. knew his why was yeah. about something other than the standard work mm. environment. But if I look at those questions, if I asked him those questions yeah. on any given day, yeah. 
he would say, absolutely, he's had breakfast yeah. every morning, yeah. regardless of what time he gets up or what else he's doing. You know, food is, a, is a high on the list. What time did he go to sleep the night before? Unless the Tour de France was on or the Giro d'Italia, which was just on recently, and he's got to stay up to watch a, a bike race, then he's, he's very careful about what time he goes to sleep. Mm. So what is he doing for exercise this week? Well, you know, he never stops. Runs the whole time. Yeah. So it, it would be more about what are you doing for downtime? So I think mm. that's probably an interesting. Uh, and if I asked him what's yeah. he reading for pleasure, well, he, he would just look at me like I was from Mars because <laughs> reading is not something that he does. So he read just, the sports section of the news. No, 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 he doesn't. It just doesn't read. Yeah. Okay. Oh, if anything, he might be reading a cookbook. Okay, there you go. But, yeah, but they're just they're interesting questions because yeah. when you think about them in terms of someone you know yeah. who's at a different stage of life or, yeah. or has travelled a different, different path, path. Yeah. and you look at those questions, okay. there's still a, an interesting yeah. range of responses in them yes. that, that make you think more broadly about what they've done in their careers, what they're doing now, the, yeah. where they're heading... And how they travelled that path. So, yeah. so in terms of the questions, I think they're just mm. the best questions to have. I agree. <laughs> well, I think we've probably covered that topic in reasonable detail for you. We'll leave it there. I will put the links for the article and for the Simon Sinek episode of the podcast, so you can look at your why as well. But for now, I'm Kim Bailey. She's Fuliana Osborne, and this is Inside Exec. <laughs>